It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome in to Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on tonight's show. Tonight's show is presented by Twin Peaks, which is located on North Shore Drive near Kingston Pike. We have a lot to talk about as Tennessee is in a bit of a holding pattern as it relates to recruiting, but there's a lot going on. Tennessee is working on trying to bring in players through the transfer market. Tennessee is working on getting some players to return, seniors who have a chance to come back. And Tennessee, of course, is trying to figure out exactly what the future holds. There are questions that recruits are probably asking, and maybe the coaches are able to answer. Maybe they're not in some of those instances. We'll go over some of that. I also mentioned the transfer market. Tennessee last week, despite some of the questions about the future, was able to land a commitment from quarterback Hendon Hooker. He's coming into Tennessee to compete for the starting position as a transfer from Virginia Tech. He's a good quarterback. I'll talk about him coming up in segment number two. Andy Bitter of The Athletic will talk about Hendon Hooker and what he's able to do as a quarterback. He's a guy that I, I think has a really good chance to start for Tennessee in 2021. So that's all coming up here on tonight's show. Football Futures looking at what Tennessee is trying to get done, some of the challenges the Vols coaching staff is facing, and how they might handle that. I'll get to all of that here on Football Futures, which, as I mentioned, is presented by Twin Peaks, a wonderful place. If you are looking for a spot to stop in and watch a sporting event, like the national title game going on tonight, or basketball any night of the week, Tennessee will be in action on Tuesday, or a place to stop in in the middle of the day for lunch. They'll still have all those TVs all over the place. You can watch sports, enjoy food, and when you go into Twin Peaks, look up on the wall. They always have the draft beer temperature for you so you know just how ice cold that beer is. It's at Twin Peaks on North Shore Drive near Kingston Pike. It's in between Kingston Pike and Paper Mill Drive. Twin Peaks is making football futures happen each and every week right here on the Sports Animal. And for the 21 class, there are not a lot of spots remaining, and there are a few guys who are committed to Tennessee, but how committed are they, and will they end up signing with Tennessee? One player to wonder about is wide receiver Jordan Mosley, who is still considered a commitment to Tennessee, but he did not sign back in December. He did an interview with rivals in the last couple of days and talked about being committed, and he's talked to T. Martin about his future at Tennessee, which is still up in the air, and I think T. Martin's message to this point is that he's planning on being at Tennessee. He is one of two coaches whose contracts are up at the end of the month, so we'll find out at some point in the future what T. Martin's future is at Tennessee. But also, Mosley has heard from other schools. Other schools like South Carolina and Mississippi State have gotten in play there. So Mosley is a Tennessee commitment, but he's not as committed as he was before. And obviously the fact that he did not sign at Tennessee and he said during that interview that he wanted to see what the future is with Tennessee's coaching staff. He didn't know in December, and right now he still does not know for sure what it is, so he is listening to other schools. He's a player to pay attention to. Tennessee has had the commitment of offensive lineman Colby Smith. I do think Tennessee needs more offensive line help, and we'll see if anybody ends up leaving Tennessee. Right now Tennessee is trying to replace Brandon Kennedy and Trey Smith, who are moving on, but what is the status of some of others, other Tennessee offensive linemen that's to be determined. But I think Tennessee could use more help there at that position. Last week on the show, I did some of the good, some of the bad of Tennessee's class. And one of my concerns was the lack of offensive linemen in the 21 class for Tennessee. 
they could use more help there. Tennessee did receive good news on Monday when defensive lineman Matthew Butler announced he's coming back to Tennessee. He will come back for another season of eligibility, which was granted by the NCAA. And that's good news for Tennessee because Butler's a quality player. He's an experienced player. And you need as much help as you can get up front on the defensive line. Butler returning is really good for Tennessee's defense, I think. We'll see what some of the other players decide to do as the Vols also look to develop players like Amari Thomas, who will enter his second season as a a defensive lineman for Tennessee. Played some this past fall as a freshman he's a guy with a lot of upside so getting somebody like Matthew Butler back while you also try to develop younger players will be good that also could buy some time for players in this class like a Contron Evans who maybe will be able to help right away but if he's not Matthew Butler returning helps with that kind of helps bridge the gap we'll see what other players end up deciding to do officially as we get back to the 21 class defensive lineman Taiwan Malone is somebody to pay attention to he's a player who has expressed questions about what's going to happen at Tennessee he has a few SEC schools on his list Tennessee is one of them Tennessee was on his final list of six schools and I'm sure before signing day in February Malone would like to know exactly what the status is of Tennessee's coaching staff will Tennessee have a defensive line coach in place by then Uh, There are talks of defensive staff changes coming. Kevin Steele could be joining the staff. So there's a lot to be worked out there. And Taiwan Malone, I think, would be a perfect example of a recruit in the 21 class wondering what exactly is going on there. More coaching changes are going to take place at other schools, too. South Carolina and Auburn was putting together its staff last week with Will Friend actually going from Tennessee to South Carolina to Auburn. So wills are still in motion at a number of schools, and if there's another head coaching change, whether it's at Tennessee or somewhere else, that could obviously cause some kind of impact. Tennessee is also recruiting for the 2022 class, and I would expect that a lot of those guys are kind of on hold right now as they're looking at Tennessee. That's not to say that Tennessee would not pick up a a commitment that could be considered a bit of a surprise, but I would say a lot of those guys, like a player that gets the most attention would be quarterback Ty Simpson. I'm sure that he's wondering, okay, what exactly is the future at Tennessee? He wants more clarification on that, but he also has more time. He's a member of the 2022 class. So I think prospects are aware that coaching changes have started to take place. There could be more that take place, that more that happen uh, regarding assistant coaches, and that's something to pay attention to. It's a big topic at Tennessee. And then the other item that I mentioned that is certainly a factor to pay attention to would be the transfer market. Tennessee picked up Hendon Hooker. That's good news for Tennessee, a quarterback who will come in and at least compete for the starting position, and I think he'll have a good chance to be a starter. His production at Virginia Tech is better than anything to this point the quarterbacks he'll compete against have done in college. Harrison Bailey played some as a freshman this past fall. Brian Maurer has, has flashed some ability, but he's not done anything close to what Hooker has. And then Caden Salter, who you will also hear from in the next segment, will be a true freshman. So getting Hooker is good. There's the talk of Kevin Steele. Could he be at Tennessee? If so, could players in the transfer portal from Auburn look more closely at Tennessee? What about a player like Eric Gilbert? He's a tight end who is transferring from LSU, it looks like. He's in the transfer portal. He played in high school with Harrison Bailey. Now, the idea of playing with Harrison Bailey might be enticing, but is Harrison Bailey going to be the starter at Tennessee? That might be a question that he's asking. And then there's also this. 
What exactly will be the status of transfers within the conference in the SEC this upcoming year? Remember this past season, there were a few players who transferred from one SEC school to another, including Cade Mays, and they were initially ineligible, and then the SEC granted them the waiver to play right away. But in that statement that Greg Sankey put out when he announced the transfer waiver, he mentioned the different circumstances and the fact that in a normal year, maybe they wouldn't be allowed to play right away because the SEC rule was that players transferring within the conference have to sit out a year. There was talk of the NCAA changing the rule. We don't know for sure that that's going to happen, the one-time transfer allowance. Will the SEC change it? I think there's an assumption maybe or an expectation that that's going to happen. Maybe it will, but that is a question that players have to be asking right now. Could Eric Gilbert go to an SEC school and play right away, or is there a risk of having to sit out? I'm sure he doesn't want to have to sit out. I'm sure players at Auburn don't want to have to sit out. Uh, So that's something to at least keep in mind with looking at transfers from within the conference. Players at Tennessee who might be considering transferring. They might have to think about that as well. We've seen a few players decide to move on. There was also the news last week that Bryce Thompson is entering the NFL draft. I think that's one other area where Tennessee could have used more help in the 21 class, that being cornerback. Remember, Tennessee missed on Nyland Green, who went to Georgia. Tennessee missed on Demarius McGee, who was committed, but ultimately signed with LSU. Maybe Tennessee can find a transfer who can come in because with... Bryce Thompson moving on to the NFL, that leaves a void in the defensive backfield. Tennessee has recruited pretty well in the last couple of years. You have Jalen McCullough, who's going to be a third-year player at safety. I would not give up on him still being a really good player. Key Lawrence will enter his second season with a chance to make a jump as a second-year defensive back who could play at corner, could play at nickel, could move around to a number of different spots. And then Danico Slaughter, he'll be somebody to watch and Kenneth George is coming back. That helps Tennessee from a depth standpoint. Still, I think Tennessee would have liked more. We know Tennessee would have liked more help because they went after some quarterbacks who ended up saying no in the class. Christian Charles coming in early during the spring semester will have a chance to compete for playing time right away, especially with Bryce Thompson moving on. So that's something to pay attention to. Coming up next, I'm going to get to the quarterback position. Hendon Hooker is transferring into Tennessee He was a productive player at Virginia Tech. While he still has some things to work on, Andy Bitter of The Athletic, who covers Virginia Tech, is going to fill you in on what you need to know about Hooker before he arrives at Tennessee. You'll also hear from Caden Salter, who will be on campus for the spring semester. He has a state championship game to play for Cedar Hill, and then he'll be at Tennessee competing for Tennessee starting quarterback position at least working out and getting ready for the start of his college career. So Tennessee's quarterback position will be the focus coming up next right here on Football Futures, which is presented by Twin Peaks. My name's Josh Ward. You're listening to FM 99.1, the sports analyst. Checking in with Tennessee football commitments and prospects. It's Football Futures with Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures, presented by Twin Peaks here on the Sports Animal. I appreciate you being with me this evening. If you ever miss an episode or you want to go back and listen, the show is always available in the podcast section of the WNML app. You can find it online, 991thesportsanimal.com, and it's on Apple Podcasts. And you can listen to any interview, any show 
and all of those places. Sam Foreman is producing the show tonight. Sam, thanks for your help. He'll have that show up for you afterward if you want to go back and listen. And I mentioned in the last segment of tonight's show that Tennessee picked up a commitment from Hendon Hooker, who will transfer in for the spring semester and compete to be Tennessee's starting quarterback. He's a graduate transfer from Virginia Tech. He's a, a nice player. He's a good prospect, a guy who will have two years of eligibility remaining, originally from Greensboro, North Carolina. And he started six games each of the last couple of seasons. He can make plays with his legs. In a moment, you're going to hear from Andy Bitter of The Athletic, who covers Virginia Tech with a little more information on Hooker. Here's what Jeremy Pruitt said in a statement that Tennessee put out last week. Quote, we look forward to Hendon joining the Tennessee football family this semester. Hendon is a very talented and dynamic quarterback with multiple years of Power 5 experience. He will be a great addition to our quarterback room and make a positive impact with two years of eligibility remaining. Hooker 6'4", and he can move. He can make plays with his legs. Pro Football Focus ranked Hooker as the 29th best quarterback in the country this past season. His rating was about a 81, how he was graded out. And to be clear, Pro Football Focus doesn't say everything. Uh, you could agree, disagree with some of the evaluations. But uh, I do think it's an interesting reference point. And a, a grade of 81 is considered very good by the Pro Football Focus scale. So uh, the statistics are pretty solid. The grading's good. And the experience in the ACC is something that I think you have to like. He has to get better in a number of areas, which you would expect. But considering Tennessee's up-and-down quarterback play of the last few years, really since Josh Dobbs left, I think the addition of Hooker is good for one, competition two, he's a quality player and has a good chance to be Tennessee starter this upcoming fall. So I called Andy Bitter, who covers Virginia Tech for The Athletic, and we talked about what Hooker does well, what he might need to work on, and the thought of him at Tennessee Here's our conversation with me first asking Andy Bitter what stood out the last couple of years watching Hendon Hooker play quarterback for Virginia Tech. You know, I think the big thing that he brought uh, was certainly his running ability. Uh, you look at him in, in the option game and just running in the open field, and he really had a knack for that. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy uh, in terms of just like bulk, he's pretty skinny. Uh, but it never seemed like he really took these just enormous shots down the field. He sort of had <clears throat> an ability to, to glide through defenses and, and really make a, some significant gains uh, through the running game. I think he was like 5.2 yards a carry or something like that this year. And there were games where, you know, he was the primary ball carrier. He's the guy that would carry it to 18, 20 times in a game. So I think that was definitely his strong suit uh, as a quarterback. But I, I think uh, he's also pretty good – efficiency-wise as a passer uh, if you do enough stuff to get guys open for him. Uh, Virginia Tech would run a lot of screens, a lot of misdirection, throwbacks to the tight end and stuff like that. I think that's really where his strength as a passer was, with that short stuff and, and setting stuff up off of the kind of run game that they did. It's probably more of a standard drop-back passer, the, the area of his game where he wasn't quite as good as the other parts. Yeah, how much uh, with Hendon Hooker running the football would be designed? How much would he be able to maybe create with his legs, extend plays, or or be able to find something on the ground? You know, quite a bit of it was designed. Uh, a lot of his rushing yards this year came off of uh, you know option plays where he would just keep it, and, and a lot of that is what the defense is doing, dictating that sort of thing. Uh, occasionally, he would scramble and kind of create things with with his legs that way, but it was less frequent than just straight-up design plays. So 
Uh, I don't think it's something where he's going to drop back, survey the field, and just take off running and trying to make something happen. That didn't seem to be what he would do all too often. What would be the biggest questions, do you think, over the last couple of years about Hinden's game? You know, I, I think it comes down to what I said before, just being sort of a standard drop-back passer. He's not a guy that's going to drop back and stand in the pocket and go to his 4-3 or something like that uh, and hit that guy down the field. It just it wasn't a strong suit for him. And I'm not saying it can't be that way uh, with some development, but it just it was not something that he would do uh, and be very good at in games. And I, I think you know a lot of what Virginia Tech did offensively was in some ways to try to sort of mask that where they would do, like I said, a lot of the misdirection or, or stuff off of the the option or faking a jet sweep, and that takes a defender out and it opens up a, a passing lane somewhere else. Uh, but, like, where Virginia Tech was down and they had to go down the field by throwing the ball, there were very few instances where he just stood back there and then looked really comfortable uh, against what he knew would be a pass rush coming against them. Did it at the end of the Liberty game. I think that was probably the best that he looked doing that. Uh, a couple of drives like that, one at the end to tie it up, and then Virginia Tech loses on the most ridiculous ending to that game. But uh, a couple other ones in his career where, you know, it's do or die and you have 80 yards to go on the field, and he just didn't quite look comfortable in those situations. Why did Hinden, as far as you know, decide to leave Virginia Tech? You know, I'm not really sure. I did not uh, talk to him. He sort of went radio silent as soon as he went into the transfer portal. He had entered the portal once before. Uh, you know, it was sort of a strange situation at the end of the season where, uh, you know, he was there in the starter in that Clemson game in the second last game of the season. Uh, you know, kind of came out of the huddle too early uh, on the first drive. They wanted to wait to the very last second so Clemson couldn't adjust. Uh, fumbled a snap on that first drive. They took him out. Uh, to just try to get him settled down on the sideline. And Braxton Burmeister went in and played pretty well. Uh, as it turns out, Burmeister had to leave later in the second half after he hit and Hooker came back in, dropped a snap again. This one was a fumble that Clemson picked up and returned for a touchdown. Uh, then he was sort of having trouble getting warm on the sideline. He was like shivering and, and sort of lurching. It was a kind of a, a very strange situation, scary when you're watching it live. And it, it kind of fortunate that it wasn't anything serious from the sounds of it. But you know, after that, the Virginia game the next week, they started Braxton Burmeister and headed Hooker didn't play. I have to wonder if, if he looked at sort of the, the lay of the land and wondered, you know, am I going to be able to, to play here? Am I going to be able to start uh, the following season when they've gone to, to Braxton Burmeister in this situation? I don't know if that's the case, but uh, I would certainly think that that played to his thinking. What did you think when you heard the news that Tennessee was the landing spot for Hendon Hooker? And have I missed anything, anything that would stand out for people out there to know about Hendon? I was kind of surprised uh, that he would get at an SEC school like that. And, you know, a lot of guys that have transferred away from Virginia Tech haven't gone to a level like that. Uh, David Hazleton last year, receiver going to Missouri, uh, one of the few guys that has. So uh, I suppose, I, I guess the timing of it was maybe most surprising where you hear all this stuff about Jeremy Pruitt and his staff being under investigation and that they're signing a quarterback uh, at the same time. But, you know, for Hennon, it could be an opportunity to go in there and compete for this job, and, and we'll see how that goes. But I think the interesting thing about him is I, I think his teammates very much were behind him. I mean, he's a guy that's I, I think teammates think are easy to root for. He, he works very hard. He's a guy that gives it his all on the field. So uh, I think from sort of those intangible type things, that that's really what he brings to that quarterback room. It'll be interesting to see if he gets in another system, if he develops a little bit more as just sort of the standard passer, because I think that's the one big question mark in his game. But 
Uh, as you can see, over the last two years, he's been you know pretty effective uh, doing what he's been doing. No doubt. Really good information. Andy Bitter covers Virginia Tech for TheAthletic.com. Andy, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Good information, I thought, from Andy on Hendon Hooker, the quarterback transferring to Tennessee and considering all the unknown that exists with Tennessee's future and the questions about Tennessee's coaching staff, credit to the staff for being able to go out and land Hooker who can come in and provide some quality help at quarterback for Tennessee. And the connections there obviously play a role. We'll see what it means with Tennessee staff. And, and Jay Graham being on staff, his connections to North Carolina help Tennessee land Hooker. But considering all the questions or concerns that exist with Tennessee, and it still holds true what I mentioned earlier, that recruits, prospects, guys on the transfer market have to be asking, okay, what exactly is going on? And I don't think it can help Tennessee in recruiting or trying to land transfers we have proof now that it will not keep Tennessee from being able to go out and land prospects. And also keep this in mind, while there can be the outside talk or the outside noise, you might describe it, and it, it might create concerns. You have other schools who might be talking to prospects saying, are you seeing what's going on at Tennessee? They don't know what's going on with the coaching staff. They don't know what their futures are. They just went three and seven. Tennessee's coaches are able to communicate with the players too. So it doesn't mean they're going to land everybody. They're never going to land everybody. But they went out and landed Hendon Hooker, and that's good news for Tennessee football so getting him in the fold to come in I think there's a good chance he's the starter not even knowing the coaching staff situation Harrison Bailey is going to have to play better I think to beat out Hooker and that's another thing if Hooker's on the roster and he's healthy and he's not starting for Tennessee in the fall that to me would be a good sign of player development because Bailey will have to definitely be a, a better quarterback than he was this fall Brian Maurer if, if he were to be the guy I'm skeptical but if he were obviously he would have taken a big step and then if Salter's the quarterback, well, that means he's ahead of what just about everybody is projecting right now for him as a true freshman. Speaking of Caden Salter, the talented quarterback from Cedar Hill, Texas, he has one more game to go in high school. They have their state championship game coming up, which is kind of funny to think of. This is January 11th, and he still has a game to go. Things were moved back because of COVID, of course. But he has one more game to go, and then he'll be moving to Knoxville to get ready for the spring semester at Tennessee. And Salter was a guest on The Nation, which you can hear every Sunday night right here on The Sports Animal. The entire show is always podcasted as well. He was on there with Austin Price and Chris Lowe, and they talked to him about his game and then also how this last fall has maybe helped him. Here's Caden Salter talking about his game, how he would describe himself as a quarterback. Uh, I play with confidence. I mean, I, I have sometimes when I mess up, but I'm pretty confident in myself to know that the next position that I'll go out there and do better than I just did on the last position. But I just play with a chip on my shoulder. And everybody's watching me throughout the whole game. I mean, at the quarterback position, uh, our eyes is on the quarterback at all times when he's on the field. So I just go out there knowing that I got a lot of eyes on me. I got to play with confidence and just playing with confidence to get you a long way. Just going out there playing like me and doing what I do to me put my team in the best decision to win. I wondered, as challenging as this season was for everybody, how much stronger did it make you, make all you guys as football players as you look forward to the future, knowing that if you can get through this year, you can get through just about anything? Oh, yeah. With, with everything that's been going on, like I said, this, it, this, this made us stronger in a lot of different ways. Just the, being able to just be put in different situations with some some days we can't practice some days people's getting COVID and the whole team 
can't even play the game. And we just we just had to be prepared for anything at this point. And that made that made us stronger in a lot of different ways, mentally and physically. Tennessee quarterback signee Caden Salter, who will be on campus soon on The Nation on Sunday night. And I think that's worth considering. I I don't know that players get enough credit for what they've gone through to be able to play or what they've had to deal with and the challenge that's created, but also their resilience to be able to, to go do that. And some life lessons have probably been learned by these guys over the last six months, nine months, um, almost 12 months, in fact, and what they've been doing to try to go play football. And then also you hear Salter there talk about the chip on his shoulder. He knows about some of the critics he's had. While most people have praised his ability and he's a highly rated quarterback, so it's not like people are saying Salter doesn't belong at Tennessee or in the SEC. He has that mindset to be able to go in, and I'm sure he believes he can compete to be Tennessee starter right away. Let's say he can't. Let's say that he doesn't win the job because the odds are not in his favor to be the starter week one. He at least provides you more depth, which Tennessee needs, and that's another reason Tennessee needed the land hooker. Tennessee was at three scholarship quarterbacks with Salter, Maurer, and Bailey. That's not enough. What if Brian Maurer decides to leave? Then you're really at a shortage. So at four right now, to me, that's the minimum of what Tennessee needs. But Salter can provide depth. He'll be here early, so he'll have a chance to get an early start on developing. And your quarterback room will have a chance to be better in 2021 than it's been, I would say, since 2016. So that's that's a reason to be optimistic. We'll see how it plays out. The coaching there needs to be better. I think everybody agrees. But there's something to work with at quarterback. With Hooker coming in, with Salter coming in, and with Harrison Bailey's opportunity to improve, there's talent and there's potential in the quarterback room which Tennessee needs. Tennessee will continue to go after more talent. Football Futures is here every week talking about it. Presented by Twin Peaks on North Shore Drive near Kingston Pike. Thanks for being here tonight on 99.1 The Sports